Hello, and welcome back to The Gist. I am your host, Chris Vetrano, back for another episode, breaking down all the things happening in pop culture this week. There is a lot going on. Guys, this is a jam-packed show, but most importantly, we have a very special guest. Our first for the podcast is waiting in the wings to break down all the things happening on Real Housewives in this last week. So we gotta get to that, but before we get to my special guest, I've got to give you the gist on a couple of things happening in pop culture because it was a jam-packed week. First of all, we have to start off by acknowledging that we lost a musical icon last week. Just two days after celebrating the Golden Globes, where the film honoring her father Elvis Presley was nominated, Lisa Marie Presley, she died at the age of 54 after suffering cardiac arrest. It was an incredibly sad ending to the tragic life that she lived. I, you know, I hope that now she is resting peacefully with her son and her father. My heart certainly is going out to Priscilla and her daughter. You know, rest in peace, Lisa Marie. This is a musical family that will forever be part of music history, and it's our hearts are breaking at the at this news. Um, obviously, gone too soon. So, um, R.I.P. to that. I, uh, you know, there is no real way to shift gears from that kind of heavy news. So, we're just going to take a bit of a left turn and head to the Chrisleys. Guys, Chrisley no longer knows best. They are headed to prison on Tuesday this week. They reported to begin their sentences. Todd Chrisley will be serving in Florida. I'm hearing it's a pretty cush uh, setup that he's got, but he will be serving 12 years in prison. And his wife, Julie, is headed to a facility in Kentucky where she will serve seven years. So we've got about a decade um, of time served between the two of them. Uh, it's about almost... 20 years. It's it's a pretty serious thing that they were facing and that they were convicted of. Um, and so we will certainly see how it plays out. I know that they're appealing things, so we'll see if uh, maybe they get out early. But, but they have reported to prison and are beginning their sentences this week. Also happening in um, music news, Miley Cyrus, she has officially started her new era. Uh, the singer, she released her new single, Flowers, this week, and uh, <laughs> yes, it's a yes from me. I love it. Uh, it's a revenge track to her ex, Liam Hemsworth. So have you heard about this, guys? The song is reportedly a response to the Bruno Mars song that Liam dedicated to her at their wedding. And in response, Miley says that she can buy herself flowers. Um, it is... It is so good, and she continues to put Liam on blast in the video for the song, which if you haven't seen it, Miley has never looked better. Like, stop listening to this immediately. Go watch the video for Flowers because it is so good. But I found out some tidbits about the um, behind the scenes of this video. So she filmed it at a house that Liam allegedly used to cheat on Miley with over 14 women while they were together. And in the video also wears a suit that he famously wore on a red carpet where uh, Miley was acting up. They were trying to pose together. She was, you know, just being Miley, uh, doing her normal thing. And uh, Liam kind of told her to behave and calm down. Um, you can probably find the clips on TikTok, I'm sure now, especially with this song release, it's going viral again. But um, it was kind of a it was kind of a famous uh clip that people had found, especially uh, when the rumors were that they were maybe in trouble. 
And so she uh, wore the suit, that suit in the video. I mean, she's really going for revenge and I'm loving it. So definitely check out Flowers if you haven't. Um, by the way, if you are on Spotify, you can check out my playlist, Jams by Chris Vetrano. Follow for all of the music that I'm listening um, to. You can also find it at listenitsvetrano.com. Um, it's right there streaming. So check it out. Flowers is, has made the list and um, I think you'll love it too. Also in music news this week, Madonna, she announced the Celebration Tour. This is a tour of all of her hits that span over 40 years. This is four decades of music. I have the Immaculate Collection on vinyl that we listen to all the time, and it's jam-packed of Madonna hits that you sometimes forget about. And this is like before Ray of Light, this is before music and dance floor confessions and you know, this is all of these like huge Madonna songs and I and just, I, I can't believe, I don't know how she's going to fit it all into a set list. So it'll be very interesting to see how that comes together. And also interesting to see how ticket sales go following the Taylor Swift debacle at Ticketmaster. So um, Madonna, the celebration tour, tickets are going on sale soon. So check that out. A um, couple of other quick hits happening in pop culture. Uh, dr the new season of Drag Race has uh, premiered. Uh, Ariana Grande was the initial guest judge. Uh, it was a double episode to introduce us to all the queens. I just recently, in the pandemic, caught up on Drag Race. I had never really been a fan, but started watching it, fell in love, got a little over some of the more recent seasons, was feeling like the queens weren't really living up to the hype. Um, but this season is delivering, so check it out. And then um, also if you're a fan of rom-coms, I am a closeted rom-com fan. I think I've seen like all of them. Uh, I even like the really cheesy ones that, you know, Netflix or back in the day like Hallmark or Lifetime would put out. I, I, I can't help it. I just love them. They, they're feel-good flicks. I Obviously the bad ones are really bad, but the good ones... Oh, classics. So I haven't seen a good one in a while, and I was really excited when I saw the trailer drop this last week for Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher's new rom-com, Your Place or Mine. It's hitting Netflix on February 10th. If you haven't checked out the trailer, do so immediately. Worth the watch. Absolutely. Um, I can't wait. It's just in time for Valentine's Day, so I know what I'll be doing. Um, so yeah, so that's the gist of what's happening in the headlines. But now I've got to get to my special guest because I'm so excited to introduce her to you. Um, I don't even know where to start because she is a Grammy-nominated, multi-platinum selling recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an actress. She fronted the band Hey Monday, went on to win season three of NBC's The Voice. She also happens to be one of the best friends you could ever have. Please welcome to The Gist, my friend, Cassidy Pope. Cassidy, welcome to The Gist. Hi, thanks for having me. Of, I'm excited. Of course. And I think that like probably the most uh, thrilling accomplishment of all for you is that, one, you were my maid of honor in my wedding. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> up there. Top, top five. <laughs> and, uh, and also when, I don't know, 10 nine years ago, I decided that I was going to create a YouTube series for my uh, site, Listen, It's Vetrano. You were my first guest there. So yeah. it only is fitting that you are the first guest for The Gist. Yeah, we keep up the tradition. Yeah. Hi. 
you know, um, I wouldn't recommend that people go watch that episode because it's, there's little to be desired, uh, no lighting, the sound quality. I think we had the microphone on the floor. Uh, so none yeah. of us could move. It was, it was, a uh, it was the amateur hour at best. But I, I do think we like had a really fun time doing it. So I think it actually is a fun watch. It's just the, the quality is not great. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, and then you came back and we figured out that. So we've had some fun. And so I'm super excited that you're here. We have so much to talk about. I know that you are working on a new project, uh, but details are still under wraps. You are, uh, you're hinting at some of the songs, giving a little preview at one of the songs on TikTok. Where can people find that? Cassidy Pope. Yeah, Cassidy Pope uh, on TikTok. I'm I'm showing a little bit of a preview of what's to come. So, but yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that stuff in a a different episode. Yes, you'll come back. We'll we'll talk all about the new project. I don't want to give anything away, but uh, today you're also a like me, a Bravo holic. Oh yeah, and specifically Housewives, right? Or are you into some of the other shows? Yeah, uh, Housewives is my favorite of all of them. Um, I I really like Southern Charm. I liked Shaws of Sunset. But if I were to pick like my Bravo obsession, it's all of the Housewives. Yeah, and all so all franchises. You're into every city. The only one that I I fell off of was Dubai, hmm. and and there's really no reason other than. It t- it's hard for me to get into a new a new city, and I, I almost need to give it a couple of seasons so that I can binge. For some reason, I mm-hmm. think maybe it's just like the retention for me. Just I need I need a lot at once. Yeah, but yeah, that one was the one that so, like recently that I wasn't able to get into. Well, you may be in luck because I heard that this week that season two is a go for Dubai. Although I don't know that all the cast will be back, but Chanel Ayan is the headline of that show. So you're going to have to check out Chanel. She's a character that is going down in history of one of the best housewives that ever lived. But she, um, I agree. Like Dubai was a little bit slow of a start. I was, it had, I think, um, Caroline Stanberry, did you ever watch ladies of London? I did. Yes. So you were great TV. Yeah, she's amazing. And so I think that like she was really like creating the hype around Dubai, but I didn't feel like she really delivered in this first season. So we'll have to see if she's back. Yeah, I saw snippets. Um, I know she was like newly married or getting married or something. So maybe she might have been on her like best behavior. I think she was. Yeah, I think she I think she was also like known as kind of like a cold uh icy kind of character on ladies of London. I think she was trying to like change that image a little bit. And I, it didn't land because I don't know that she is. Oh, I see. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so we'll see if she's back. I'm sure she will be, um, but you'll have to check that out. So if you had to pick a favorite, do you have a favorite of the housewife cities? I mean, I, I'm never bored of New Jersey. I mean, oh. even on a, even on a slow episode, there's still one-liners. There's still a, an argument, um, even just with the relationships, the marriages. You know, there's the husbands are so down to be involved in the drama. So there's like double drama in New Jersey because the husbands are just so willing to be a part of everything. Um, but I also I, I've I never watched like past seasons of Miami. 
And this season of uh, Real Housewives of Miami is absolutely like incredible. That's like one that I'm obsessed with right now. Yeah, I and we'll talk about Miami in a minute, but uh, I couldn't agree with you more on the Jersey thing. Although I think there was like, I can't remember now if it was like, I want to say it was like four or five seasons ago where they brought like the twins on uh, and it was, oh yeah, they really lost their way. They couldn't find the cast for a minute, but, it, but it's back and I'm really excited. Um, I think it's, we're just a couple of weeks away from the new season. I think it's going to replace Salt Lake City uh, when that reunion is finished. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited and I agree. And I think that is a good segue into kind of what happened this week on some of the housewives. You talked about Miami, but also uh, one of the things that I was thinking about, we watched, uh, I know you watched Potomac this week. Oh, yeah. Um, and we saw the fallout or the continuation of the Karen and Sharice fight at dinner. I mean, what a wild like interaction that was. So weird. I, there's so much under there. Like, I ju- there's so much more going on because the the way they both popped off so quickly, like zero to sixty. I just felt like there. I mean, they obviously have a history. We've seen it on the show, but there is there is a lot more going on there. Um, and then I know Karen shared, you know, the text that she sent Sharice when mm-hmm. was it her her father that passed. Uh, when, when Karen's father passed and then Sharice's father passed. Yes. Father. Yeah. She sent her that long text. So it's like they did, they both did the things that you're supposed to do when, you know, a friend is grieving. So I'm like, okay, that doesn't seem like the real reason anybody's actually upset. There's like something else. No, there's definitely more to that story. And I think, and that's what I was going to say about the, the Jersey ties is that Jersey feels so authentic because when you have like the Joe and Teresa and Melissa dynamics that are like, there's some really deep things there, like, because it's real drama, it's family drama. It's not this like artificial stuff of who didn't come to whose party and who said what and, and dice yeah. sometimes on Beverly Hills, they dissect like Lucy, juicy apple goosey or whatever that was for, <laughs> for an entire season about a dog that like, wasn't the right fit for Dorit's home. And so it was, you know, but this is like real deep rooted stuff. And I think that's what makes for really good television. And I agree. I mean, I felt like they sort of like sailed past it too in that dinner or in that fight. Uh, Sharice just mentions like Karen went to rehab and Karen says no, but like they never really brought that back. I'm, I'm very curious as to what happened there. Yeah, I think Karen is, a kind of a master at deflecting and changing the subject and not, you know, not actually answering questions um, because she's, I mean, Karen's amazing. Like without her, the show, I, I think everybody's amazing on that show, but she's really carried that show over the years. Like she's, she's a constant. So, but I do think that she has a tendency to just swoop, to be like, no, we're moving on. We're not addressing that. No. Cause she's like, you know, I'm better than that. So I'm not going to, address these things, um, which is fine, but it leaves us with a lot of questions. Well, and especially in this last episode, it's like, she's so good at that. And then for some, some reason for sure with Sharice, she could not, she could not hold in her grand dame composure. 
Yeah, she couldn't. It was it was wild, and I, you know, there's there's so many rumors about Karen, and I feel like they constantly come up about her like potential boyfriends or what's kind of going on with that. But Sharice clearly knows some stuff about her. I was actually I had to go back and watch the the end of the last episode because I couldn't remember what they were even fighting about. Like what popped it off to this place that they were even talking about, like. Karen saying, don't put like my, don't talk about my mother. Don't put my mother's name in your mouth. And it was like, did, did she? And I think Giselle even says at one point at the table, like who said anything about the mother? <laughs> yeah. I think there are a lot of people looking really confused at the table. Like, why is this such a, a big deal right now? And like, I, I will say the, the one that, that brought up the, the potential boyfriends, like, wasn't it Candace? To uh, well, Candace did earlier in the season. She said something yeah. about seeing her out. But then when the, the producer, I love that the producers like asked her about it in her confessional. And then she's like, no comment. And then the producers cut to when she actually was talking about it earlier in the season. I know the editing uh, bra- the editing with these people that work for Bravo or whatever the production company is, are so shady and amazing. Like it- they just make everybody look like a bunch of liars out here. <laughs> oh, it's well, and I think that that's like I feel like they've really caught on to that because they know that these women like go to the reunions and then they're like I never said that. I didn't that thing didn't happen. And so I feel like producers are now like we have to put this in this in the season several times because they they can't deny it by the time they get to yeah. the reunion. Yeah, because everybody would just go and say they didn't say something. Yeah, and the reactions at the dinner were were incredible. It was like, I felt like it was like this crazy fight. And then all of a sudden, it just ended. And everybody like yeah. got up from the table. And it, like, Giselle's like, all right, let's go. And they all just went on with their nights. And uh, Ashley and Candace, who you typically don't get along, are filming a TikTok. And they're like, everyone's yeah. like having these like weird things. But also speaking of sort of these deep-seated, like, real issues, we now are seeing this also play out with Mia and her friend, Jacqueline, who she brought on the show this season. That, What are your thoughts on that? Because that's been pretty wild. Oh, my gosh. I, I actually felt really uncomfortable because knowing how close these two are and and how things like a reality show ruin relationships, it just made me really sad to see because it seems like, they're genuinely like sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously they have like an interesting relationship sexually. They, they've done things and um, seen each other in interesting positions, like with the <laughs> flashlight looking at the vagine. Uh, but like, I, I don't really, um, I, I didn't love, I didn't like seeing it. Like it's, you know, sometimes you enjoy seeing an argument or like a little spat, but like, I actually didn't like watching them fight. Like I, I felt, uncomfortable because there's this girl that's kind of an outsider and then Mia's just like going at her and whether Jacqueline said something rude to Mia off camera or something or not like you're now you're on camera and you're with all the other women and you're like you know calling her on maybe stuff that is true but you're really gonna do that like in front of everyone and to somebody you've been friends with for is it 20 years or something like yeah it's insane like and Weird. and the stuff that they're talking about, I'm not sure if we like really have gotten to the heart of what it truly is. Like the close your legs to married men, you know, obviously Mia's trying like her best Nini impersonation there. But like I know. but what are we actually talking about? Like, are they talking about 
Jacqueline with Mia's husband? Are they, I, I, I'm confused I as to what we're was, actually talking about. That I, I know. And I think Jacqueline actually like it, I think, I think it was like, Ooh, why are you talking about Mia's husband now? You're kind of like giving yourself away. It's like when you, when you tell someone like, why did you do that? And they say, I didn't do the X, Y, Z. And they say something that, that you didn't even, you weren't even talking about. And you're like, Oh, you did that. I was talking about this other thing. Yeah. So I, I feel like she, oh, like she over explained, like, I would never sleep with your husband when to me, I thought Mia was really just talking about, you, you know, in general sleep with married men. Like, yeah. Well, and then we learned that like Mia, and I don't know if that was the first time we learned about it, that Mia and or Gordon was married when Mia and him got together. Like, I felt like that was yeah. also like sort of a revelation in that moment and then it, we just sort of skated by it as well there was so much yeah. happening um so much and then the next day we like cut, after this like explosive night we cut to ashley's birthday and they're i don't know what like what was ashley hosting on the beach it just looked like they were like she was hosting orgasms on the beach <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think it was something to do with like body work to help with bigger orgasms okay, uh, or something i I didn't retain what it was called, but it, it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, nonetheless, yeah. it was, uh, and I just loved how all the women it like cut to them all, like actually like setting up all the towels and being like, all the girls said they're coming. And then it's like, every girl's like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Candace walks down looking like she's about to do a photo shoot with the big hat. <laughs> yeah. So good. It's amazing. And then, and then they go to this, uh, what did they keep calling it? Like the cenote? I don't even know what that is, but they kept like t- jumping in that body of water. And I'm not sure what that was oh. supposed to be doing. Like, was that, it was supposed to be some sort of cleansing experience? Some sort of cleansing, some sort. I think that was also a sexual thing. It's like helped with a better sexual experience or something. And then, and it's like also youthful, gives you some youth powers. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Ashley is just into the woo-woo stuff. She, She's always been. She is into the woo-woo stuff. I love that. Um, yeah, it's it was very interesting. Although I did feel like that her and Candace made some progress at the lunch. Um, they were That's like true, having yeah. lunch after. And I thought Candace made some good points when she uh, had talked about the reasons and why Ashley was so dead set on like calling Chris out for, you know, DMing her and all of these things and, and tying it back to the, her trust issues from her own relationship. I thought it was like pretty spot on. And I, I couldn't yeah. tell if Ashley was like really responsive to that. And I don't know, maybe, maybe one wouldn't be if you are experiencing those trust issues, maybe you're not like fully realizing that, but. Um, yeah. And I feel like hearing that I, I agree. I was like, Oh, Candace is a therapist. <laughs> I was like, that's great. Um, and I, but I think hearing that from a therapist, as opposed to someone you've had some falling out things with, it's, you're probably more open to hearing that from someone you're not kind of in a thing with, but I, I will say I've, I've always had a soft spot for Candace. Oh gosh. I mean, one of the best housewives I think ever, I think when I talked about Chanel Ion, I think Candace is up there with the greats. Yeah. And just the, what she's actually done musically is like, 
she's not just taking advantage of having a platform. She's, she's actually like pursuing music. And as a musician, I'm, I'm like, no, she's, she's working hard. Like she's taking voice lessons. She's practicing. She's on tour. She's collaborating with other artists. Like she's really doing it. And it's really, I love seeing that. Cause I, I again, like as, as an artist seeing housewives that are like, I just, I want to do a song. It's not, it doesn't hurt me, but it, I, I'm, I look at them and I'm like, that must be nice to have all this money and just decide one day you're going to put out a song and it has millions of streams because you have that platform, you know, right. and it's kind of not good, but it, you know, performs really well anyway. But I really like seeing a housewife, like grinding it out, doing it, you know, like a hundred percent. So yeah, I have always, I really like Candace. Yeah. I mean, side note, like what, of the like housewives songs is there one to you that like maybe is like the cheese it does it can be super cheesy because most of them are but maybe candace aside candace and candy aside because they're like legitimate musicians oh right but like of the other housewives singles is there one that you just like kind of have a little bit of a guilty pleasure for oh my gosh um i mean uh, no, I think I think the rest are pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I I will say I, I love a good like live Luann performance yes. of um anything. of yeah anything <laughs> but the one that's with the mon- uh class what money can't buy you class yeah money can't buy you class that's like uh, for sure I enjoy seeing her do it live but what is the one um where she the I think it was uh OC. She sang it as like a proposal song. Oh, it was like a. Gosh. Who was that? I can't. I'm I'm blanking on that. I can't remember. I am too. A proposal song. I mean, well, because Ashley, you know, also had a single. Like she tried to do the musical thing. Like in her, it was like the first or second season. It was oh like, yeah, she sang at Pride, didn't she? Yeah, and she was. I can't remember what it was called. Like it's called like Milk and Honey or like. Okay, it was I'm going to look it up. Yeah, it was something wild. It, she was definitely not the talented. As Coffee Candace. and love. Coffee and love. What are they? <laughs> milk and honey. I mean, kind of kind of close. <laughs> so just a remix. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I need to find out who that what that other song is. But I think I don't think I've heard the whole thing. Um, the OC one. I just remember her. In the in the booth singing it and it was so bad and then after she was done she was like mm, I just I get the chills every time. <laughs> oh, what I'm I'm guessing I don't know this for a fact because I probably have blanked her out. Uh, but <laughs> uh, Gretchen Rossi, I feel like it might have been when she uh, proposed to Slade. Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah, that's it. okay, and that's she's it. and she's back on uh, Ultimate Girls Trip on this next season on season four. Um, they just announced oh, her as part of their cast. Very interesting because, you know, I think she's like QAnon and I think it's, it, I'm not sure like one, why we need to give her a platform again. And two, I, I don't know if you've seen any photos of her, but she facetunes like crazy in a place where like she has no nose on the photos. And so what? it's like, it, I don't know what she's going to look like on, on this series. I feel like she's going to have to really do some scrubbing of her social media content as of late. I, she needs to start slowly backing off the face tune so that when we see her on TV, it's not like, Shocking. who is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. 
Um, yeah, no, there's, there's so many like just crazy songs and sometimes I forget about them. And then I like thought I liked it cause I've heard it so much on the show. And then I like play it on Spotify and I'm like, oh gosh, this does not play well when it doesn't have the visual. I mean, it doesn't right. play well in general, but, but also I'm realizing that why didn't we go, uh, see Candace when she came to Nashville at city winery? I know. I think I, ha- I think I was going to a different show that night, but there was also, did she reschedule that one? I, I don't know. I, Cause she had one last year that rescheduled, but I, I don't know if it happened or if it, that was the reschedule. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously if she comes again, we have to go and check her out yeah. because that's like, that's a must. We have to see that yeah. show. And I, and I, I, she better pull out a cry angle. <laughs> I cry angle. I, like <laughs> she needs to get emotional during one of her songs and pull out a napkin and fold it in a triangle and start dabbing the corners of her eyes. Cause... And it just needs to like be bigger than the microphone and <laughs> <laughs> like a massive one. So people maybe can one of really her dancers see. can bring it out like and then dab it. Dab yeah, it. exactly. Oh <laughs> gosh, yeah, no, that's amazing. I I do love her. I think she just she delivers all the one liners. Her, yeah. I mean, her confessionals. I could watch like an entire episode of just her and the confessionals. So I, know. I, I, I love her. Um, but I was definitely excited to see them sort of make up. Um, and then we have to just get to like the the next dinner. I guess that night's dinner was the dinner from hell. I mean, yeah. what was even happening? It was like fights were breaking out like everywhere you turned. Like, I think we had like three or four different fights that ended up taking place during that dinner. Wendy calling out Mia. I mean, it was, if I felt like every time someone like took a breath, someone else said something to like toss some kind of like their, their, what is it? Like their, their like trauma or whatever their experience. Well, that's, that's when that I had this thought when that dinner was happening and I was just like, Oh my God, the reason everybody keeps like injecting themselves into whatever fights happening is because there's like a pattern and things that happen to one person have happened to almost all of them, like a physical Mm. altercation, some allegation about their husband, some allegation about them being a cheater, some, some, Mm. a business thing, uh, not, you know, having enough money, whatever, all this stuff. And like, so they've all, they all have done to each other what's been done to them. So now all of a sudden everybody's like, well, what about me when you did that to me? And it's like, well, you did that to her. And it's this, this like, Oh my fucking gosh. crazy it's like bad. this is uh i mean that's okay now you're talking about like candace being a therapist it's like okay you just like nailed that i never even thought about it in that way but it's so <laughs> true because that was kind of like it was like bouncing off of people and it was like well you forgave that person but when i did it you didn't forgive me and it's like that's kind of what was feeding all of this it was I mean, it was wild. It was hard to keep up. I mean, typically yeah. you get like one fight. Uh, it's not It's not usual that on these shows, it's like all of a sudden things are sort of breaking out all over the table. Um, yeah. It reminded me too of, uh, I, I don't know if you, I mean, I'm sure you probably did see it, uh, New York in, it was season 10, episode 16, Cartagena Nights. And Bethany and Carol are getting in a fight on one end of the table and then 
Luann yeah. says something about Dorinda getting drunk and said something like, oh, here she she's starting. And then all of a sudden, Dorinda and Luann start like going at it. And at both ends of the table, there's these two fights. And like, you could just tell producers were like, we don't know how to play this out because both, I mean, they almost had to go to split sp split screen because it was just like so wild. I felt yeah. like that was like uh, Potomac this week. Yeah, yeah. Props to the, the audio guys who were able to freaking by guys they mean you know guys and gals um yes, true. <laughs> like crew for get for separating all the audio like how do you do that i yeah. don't understand especially no, when they're screaming i know well i've always wondered too like because um i always thought that like when they went to like parties and stuff like there was no music playing but yeah. um i was listening to something i think it was an interview which is uh not giselle garcelle and she was talking about how her birthday party, like they were playing a lot of music because there was a lot of dancing. And I was thinking like, how did the audio guys pull the audio out from like all of the music that's playing in the background at a party in order for us to, because you obviously can't play that music on TV right. unless they pay for it. And they certainly aren't going to do that on Bravo. No, God, it's, no. It's wild, but yeah, no uh, props to the props to the crew, the yeah. men and, and women who, who keep us so entertained and deliver all of the fighting from every angle in perfect, clear voices. Um, <laughs> anything and else? Titles, if need be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Anything else on Potomac from this week? I, I just, um, just that I'm Team Candace with this whole other lady trying to come in saying that Chris was looking at her, and when he clearly look, didn't look in her direction at all. Like, and well, I think it is. It, like it is, I, I don't know, as someone in like a healthy relationship, I obviously would, would ask questions, you know, if like someone said that about Sam, I'd be like, Hey, someone said this, I don't believe them, but what do you have to say about it? Um, and then the way that she is so solidly for her man in front of everybody is just like, uh, that is a functional, normal way for a trusting wife to be. So when people make comments about like, how is she so, you know, how does, how is she so fine with all this? It's like, well, she like genuinely doesn't believe you. And then you see the footage and it's like, that, yeah, it yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. It's, um, I feel like it's like every girl this season. I feel like Mia said it. I feel like all these girls are saying the same thing about Chris and the producers, again, with the receipts, they're like setting, I mean, they're making Chris look good, honestly, because it's like, mm -hmm. even in the, in the footers on the screen, it's like, Chris not looking at this person. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> it's like, but the, it's like, I'm so close with my friend's spouses that like, if, if um, one of my friend's husbands pulled me to the side in a room where it was quiet away from people that so we could have a conversation I wouldn't be like I can't be in a room with you yeah like yeah no there's there's some weird motivations I think that happen on these shows though too I think that the women look for such storylines and like where are we going to take the story where are we going to be the center of the drama and I think that's where we right. tend to sometimes like get into uh, you know, risky, a risky place with these shows. And I think that's like what happened with Rinna on the last season of Beverly Hills is she tried to create some sort of storyline that then just sort of really fell flat. And yeah. I think like, that's maybe what was happening there. And yeah, Chris and uh, Candace just came at the ready to like shut all of that down and, and did yeah. it so well. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely more to come on Potomac. I, I am loving it. I think that, you know, they're also, uh, you know, this cast of women has not changed since the beginning. I mean, we've had a few Mia's new, obviously Wendy came in a couple of seasons ago. Sharice has exited. Katie has exited, but, even they like pop up still and they've really like maintained this cast of women. And I think it's a testament of like, these are like top tier housewives right now. So yeah. loving Potomac. Um, I think we should talk because you, you mentioned it earlier. I think we should talk about Miami as well because it is, it's, it's on fire. And I think very similarly, we're watching something very, very real play out on TV, which is why it's so good. And I mean, the, Obviously, we're talking like mostly talking about Lisa and Lenny and this divorce that's playing out, and it's so messy. But what I like applaud is like Lisa's willing to put it all out there. I, I think a lot of the women hide these kinds of things or try to create various narratives for the show, and Lisa's just like, This is happening, and here it all is, and it's like pretty wild to watch. Yeah, and it's you know, she's not afraid to, to paint this picture of like, He left me. And like you look at them, and I'm sorry, but you're like you left her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, um, right? She's just so she's just such a bombshell, and you know he's not. And I'm not saying the couples have to always be equally, you know, like society norms would look at her and say, yeah, she's hot. Society norms would look at him and say, mm, it's not he's not ugly, but he's not, you know, Brad Pitt. Um, it's the money. So it's the money. They're they're all yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I I didn't watch past seasons, so I do I don't know if he was if if he was a, an amazing guy, and like that obviously like makes someone very attractive when they can make you laugh and and make you feel secure and, and happy. Um, so I'm not discounting all that, but like, it's just so um, it's just so unbelievable. Um, the only thing I will say, when you see the footage from like past seasons that I didn't watch. Um, and you do see him a bit, you know, disconnected from her and her not yeah. really absorbing that and realizing that. I do wonder what level of delusion she had just because she, you know, when you just want so badly for something to work and yeah. to stay the way it is, sometimes you just don't see the red flags and you've got, she's got kids. She's, she's got a beautiful, she had a beautiful life. She was happy with him and thought he was happy with her that she maybe missed some of the tell tale signs of like a man sort of starting to check out. And that's the only thing I will say is like, I feel terrible for her. There's no excuse for what he's doing, but I also feel sad that she wasn't able to see those things and, um, address them and it's not her job to do that but like you know maybe they could have got, gone to some therapy or worked on it or or you know it's just sad yeah I mean I think they have done therapy if I'm not I feel like that was like in the old days they had been oh, in okay. therapy Peace. and then they because they really want I think they like used to fight about whether or not they wanted kids I think he maybe didn't and she did oh. or the other way around I can't remember but I know that was like a big thing in the original Miami. And then when Miami returned uh, two seasons ago, that was when we found out that he had had an affair and That's right. they were working through that. And I think they went to 
to therapy for that. And so I think like, to your point, like there was a lot of red flags and, and probably like some behavioral things that continued that she probably maybe looked the other way because she really wanted it to work. But I think, I mean, it, it also was pure comedy, but this text about the bananas and the crunchy peanut butter, I was, yeah. it was yeah. like, what? Like they literally are screaming at each other and, uh, in one scene. And then it's like 20 minutes later as the, as the producers did their due diligence to show us he's texting her about going to order bananas and pe crunchy peanut butter. And like, so maybe like she was not able to see through the flags because he did things like this, where it was like, he was one minute like this person and then another minute like everything was status quo sure, and sure maybe yeah. she just kept going yeah it's it's pretty wild i uh i definitely am interested to see how it continues to play out and obviously we've seen it a lot of it in the press and so we know that like you know there's not there's not a happy ending uh to their marriage but um but i think she like recently just stepped out with some young guy that's like super hot and so Good for her. She's, Good. she's getting back out there. Yeah. If he's allowed to just start dating during the marriage, then she's allowed to date <laughs> after the marriage. Exactly. Exactly. And then we also saw um, Alexia uh, with her uh, son, Frankie. Mm -hmm. And there's something about like the two of them together that's just so endearing. And obviously, you know, they have an uphill battle with Frankie after his accident. This This played out in the early parts of uh, Miami back in the day. And we see, you know, not a lot has changed. Um, mm -hmm. But when they, I think like when I see these scenes of them like out and he's interacting with like her friends and saying that they, he's like, you're so beautiful. And he's doing all of these things. It's just so amazing. I could, I could watch like a spinoff of them, like just popping around Miami together. Yeah. I feel like you don't get to see housewives that have, um, real life like family things that are so common and so relatable that they feel comfortable sharing and mm -hmm. being uh, the, their friends the other housewives interacting with him is just like these are real people when we can see that I, I like seeing that more when like people are obviously it's n it, no one like thought twice about Frankie it's like their friend's son but for us yeah. we don't see that often like a uh, someone who got in an accident and is, is affected like that and, and is on TV still like there's, there's, there's representation, you know, lacking in that department on these shows. So it is like when we do see it, it kind of sticks with us. Cause it's like, yeah, it, these, these people are, are in, in these women's lives and like a lot of them don't end up on the shows. So it's just yeah. good that, yeah, it's good that they were down to do that. Yeah, I think that that just plays out in, throughout the like women that are on Miami is they're all very transparent about the things going on in their lives. And I think that's also what makes it so interesting to watch and, and keeps us kind of like moving through the storylines because it's not this like artificial play of we're going to, you know, talk about this thing at every dinner for the next like four episodes. And you're just kind of like, all right, let's wrap that up. Like, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of life happening for these women and you're seeing so much of it. And so I think that's part of what is making it really interesting. 
What about um, this, like, Martina and Julia, their 14th anniversary dinner uh, that I thought she burned, but then they both were talking about how great it was. I guess, <laughs> I guess it was good. Um, and then they want a baby. Like, what, what are your thoughts there? I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted <laughs> because I, I've just gone to so much therapy that <laughs> – I see um, what's not Martina. What's the what's the housewife's name? Julia. Julia. I see Julia yeah. having such a hard time being an empty nester, and I'm just like, I, I don't have kids, and I I have no idea what that would feel like. However, I I know that you have to you do have to figure out a way to get move on with your life, you know, and and find that happiness, find love and acceptance within yourself, all that stuff. And so I just see this as a, a, a bit of an artificial reason to adopt. I feel yeah. like it's not a good enough reason. Um, it's not to like the core reason is because she's sad and wants a, like a, someone else in the house with her. And well, and Martina's going to Aspen a lot too, which is part of the storyline that like it's she's not really there, which is making her more lonely. And it's like maybe that's not the right time to bring a baby in when only one of the parents is home. Yeah, often. yeah. I I don't love the reasoning. I don't love how flippant it is about like I I'm having a hard time. So what if we got a baby? It just feels yeah. like get a yeah. get a get another farm animal you know like yeah, yeah. Maybe another bird. oh gosh oh god no no more birds oh <laughs> you, gosh you hate birds. she i do hate birds and, <laughs> and i mean julia like she just had i mean her farm it's it's too much like the fact that she brought a goat to that like dog birthday party and then they were like surprised that the goat like bit one of our i was like come on yeah like, we don't bring goats around one, I've never seen a, a goat on the beach, and so that alone was like too much. I bet know. that goat was like, "What is this thing that I'm stepping on? Why is the ground mushy?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it was it was wild. Um, I did love Julia's new confessional look, though. I don't know if you remember it. It's like she it was like she had the wet hair look. Oh yeah, um, that was beautiful. It was like very Kill Bill. I was like, oh yeah, I'm loving that. She's I love stunning. when they give us looks. I also love when a housewife looks like normal. Like hasn't yeah. been messed with um, cosmetically. Yeah, I feel like Nicole does that really well. Like, yeah, she like she's so beautiful. I worry that she's gonna like fall into it. But we because we have I think we have like both ends of the spectrum on Miami. We have the Marisols yep. and the Alexias who you know are like teetering on alien. Yeah, and then you've got <laughs> the like more natural. I mean, well, also I mean. Um, um, What's oh? Why am I blanking on her name? The Lisa, uh, Larsa. Larsa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Larsa is another one where it's just like if you look at her from season one, like her first original season, like Ooh. completely different person. It's it's wild, but and then you've got the people like Nicole that are more uh, natural. I think like Gertie is like gorgeous, so beautiful, uh, yeah. And I and I love Kiki too. I'm, Kiki's like, fun. I was like, I literally had to check to see how long it had been into the episode. I tagged it at 38 minutes into the 44 minute episode was the first time that we saw Kiki on our screens. And I was like, 
jail time like yeah. the producers what are you doing i need more kiki i yeah. love kiki she's like delivering she's kind of like delivering candace like lines in her confessionals and stuff so i i want more kiki yeah it's like quality over quantity for kiki she only she only yeah. like comes in when it's like she has a really good point to make <laughs> yeah i guess that's true maybe maybe she didn't have a lot of points in the in the early parts <laughs> of the episode um but speaking of uh quantity uh adriana getting her bbl surgery which i i've i've heard of the bbl obviously like i hear about it all the time did not know really what it was and maybe didn't need to see it actually happening i was yeah. it's pretty disturbed by it. it made my stomach a little queasy not gonna lie uh, and I'm not even sure, like, what is what did it do? Like, she wore that outfit afterwards that didn't, like, show anything off. So right. I wasn't sure if it's, like, because it was healing and so she wore something loose. Or, like, is it is it supposed to actually, like, implant? Or I don't, I don't know anything about I, it. I think it's more – I don't think it's – I mean, this is so, like, just based off of my, the little ex experience I've had with, like, Botox. Like – maybe it's injected to lift and not and and not like make it bigger but just lift everything so like it's an injection that maybe like makes the muscles sit higher or something it just brings it yeah. up i also didn't know that you could get a bbl without being like sliced and diced you know like i know that's what i guess that was like what i was confused about because when i had heard about it i always thought that it was like this major surgery i didn't like it did seem like she was just going in for botox yeah. and i, I mean they you know be. were really digging that na that needle into her but i oh. mean it was it was interesting i i was I, I the whole thing was like kind of fascinating but i'm also not sure that i know what she actually did there true i'm glad it i'm i am glad it wasn't the surgery because i hear i mean you can die <laughs> yeah so. well i don't know why i don't know why i just immediately laughed at that <laughs> because haha you could die no i just i it's <laughs> i laughed because it's like it's so outrageous that like you're getting a bbl and it has that kind of like side effect but yeah you know the, these women possible. do crazier things i suppose true um anything else on miami before we hit salt lake oh god no i think yeah let's get into it we got it we got to get to Salt Lake. It was the season finale. Uh, what, I, I don't know where to start. Okay, what, first of all, where did what did you think of this season? I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. Why yeah. did we spend most of the season um, rehashing the Lisa Meredith stuff? That's like, is was it was it a um, rant or was it a tirade? Like, who cares? <laughs> How did Heather get her her black eye? Who cares? Like the the whole show, the whole season felt like they missed such a big opportunity with just like the heaviness of what Jen, what's happening with Jen, and like not just like how she's feeling, but like the I don't know the heaviness of the whole situation, how it affects everyone. Like finally, in the last episode, we saw people, you know, Heather reacting mm -hmm. to things, Lisa reacting to things, but like, you know, it, it just felt like. Unimportant. Well, it was the best episode of the, of the season, in my opinion, For because sure. we finally yeah. like talked about 
what was actually happening instead of this. Like, I mean, I think, you know, part of it was unavoidable from the producer's standpoint because Jen proclaimed innocence like throughout the whole series. And so something tells me that they probably left a lot of footage on the cutting room floor because they were like, this isn't going to make any sense knowing that our audience now knows that she took a guilty plea. But it was like, I mean, it was so wild because we open with this like choir performance, which (laughs) speaking of housewives that sing or can't sing. I, I mean, this is what we were working towards was this version of Amazing Grace that I don't know if, and I love that none of them were on key and watching them all sort of like prepare in their bathrooms and none of them could hit a note. It was like, oh boy, this is going to fall really flat. So good. I am, I'm really obsessed with how far we've taken the Lisa Barlow Amazing Grace. Like all, oh. all of the things Bravo have done with her since then like the pretend album, like Lisa just being so open to just like, yes, let's run with this. Like, I just think yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah. Like she's getting close to her EGOT because like, clearly she's got the Grammy in the bag with, with her version of amazing grace. And and I love that amazing grace is like clearly one of the songs that they don't need to buy the rights to because <laughs> we keep recycling that song with the choir. <laughs> it's like, so true. <laughs> It's like, that's the only song that these women know. Yeah. It's, um, who sang it first? Wasn't it Portia Williams? Um, I think so. I think she did it at like the reunion on one of the Atlanta reunions, or maybe it was on the show. And then she also sang it at the reunion. I don't know. But yes. Yeah. Yeah, It, um, it was, it was just so wild. And then to your point is like, we're talking about Heather's eye. And uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because we they teased it in the trailer. Obviously, it was like this big cliffhanger in the trailer of the, what was to come this season of Heather has this massive black eye. And yeah. we don't have an answer. Heather, I am, I am a big fan. However, again, annoyed. Annoyed. Um, I, sh- the way she handled the eye thing reminded me of those people that go on Facebook that are like, guys, just please send me all your thoughts and prayers. I really need them right now. And then they wait to see if anybody like, well, what happened? What's going on? That's how I felt Heather was being. And then they don't tell you. Yes. And I'm like, dude, what are you, what's It felt very immature. It was weird. And she's not, she's like, she's awesome. So I just was like, why are you handling this in this way? Yeah. It's like, it was a very strange thing. I almost felt as though the way in which it played out that she was so unwilling to get to a resolution on that, that they should have just cut it because it happened. Like, I mean, I guess you can't really like edit around the eye, but they just made it way too big of a, like all the overnight cam footage and all the things it's like, we're dying for something to happen. And then even Joe, my husband, like he is not, or he claims that he doesn't watch Real Housewives, but somehow knows like everything happening, <laughs> probably because he hears you and I talking about it at the table, at the probably. dinner tables. But, um, but he even like saw that episode and was like, okay, I have to know what happened to Heather's eye. And I was like, oh, you're going to be so disappointed because literally nothing, like we don't know. Yeah. Like she and won't also- tell us. You turned me on to all these Bravo accounts on Instagram that yeah. um, 
you know, speculate or get tips. And what we're seeing people claim happened is not exciting at all. No, no. Well, I mean, there's, there's the theory of her getting Botox, which um, like something happening with some bad Botox, which I could understand because she does say like that she's trying to protect herself when they producers ask, which it would come from her business beauty lab, which I could understand maybe that theory. I've also heard the theory of the producer. Have you heard this one where uh, apparently Heather thought that she ran into the faucet apparently in a room. I don't know if it was like the shower because I don't know how she runs into a faucet in the sink um, or she's much shorter than I thought, but, um, (laughs) but that she thought she ran into it and even said that at one of the points in, uh, in the episode, but that there's a, there's a rumor floating around that one of the producers told Heather, we have footage that shows that you got punched and, but wouldn't tell her who and basically was like feeding that to her so that she would try to play it out on the show and see what happened, but it fell super flat. And now that's why she kept like saying like, people know who did it. Like there are people who know, like when her and Whitney sat down and Whitney's like, do you remember? And she's like, I do remember because there are people who know what happened. And so I don't know. I don't know what to believe because to your point, like I always have been a Heather gay stan. I really liked her and I can't imagine her like not just being like, Hey, I got drunk and, and hit my eye or, Hey, I got punched by this person or, you know, I fell into a bush. Like I feel like she would normally say, so it's like very strange that she's played this out. And if we don't get some kind of answer at the reunion, like what was this whole season for? Yeah. I mean, it'll feel like a waste. I mean, it already kind of does to be honest, (laughs) but, but also just like that, that the way that she handled it all was very much like I'm on a reality show, so I'm going to milk this. And it's like, I get that approach for certain things and to a certain point. And then it's like, then you got to say what happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was, I I felt like everything, all of the like potential storylines that we had just never went anywhere. Heather's eye. We never went anywhere with that. We never got any resolution. There was this like Shaw exposed account that Angie Harrington's husband created and it seemed like that could have like it could have at least played out in some kind of way it finally led up to this like apology at the at the book or the choir i don't know it was a book party but without books and they were the choir's first performance it was a bit of a confusing (laughs) confusing party but uh that that apology was like horrible i know it was like what was they I feel like they cut it off before he maybe said everything he needed to say, but it was something like literally they said to the, to the Shaw's what they did. That was their apology. It was like, we, yeah, it was like, it was your family name. And they're like, thank you. Thank you. That's not a, that's what I needed to hear. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and like Chris, like he, he like, I don't know if he was pretending to get choked up or what happened, but he was like, oh, yeah, man. And he like looked down and then Angie was like, well, what I think he's trying to say is that he created it, but it wasn't personal. And then like Sharif's like, okay, we you're forgiven. 
And I'm like, what? What was, this is so strange. And then it's like, all of these like random things were like happening. All of a sudden, um, the other Angie, which I actually liked that Angie. I think that she has potential. I could see her coming back. She like, she did deliver. Same, yeah. I, I don't know how they're going to sort of piece together next season. I do think that they need to bring and do something similar to what they're doing in Miami where they have a, like more housewives and they have some more side players. I, I think that we don't have enough storyline happening, yeah. um, which is part of why this feels so flat, but it's like, you've got Angie giving her scissor theory that the, the women are scissoring and that's how Heather got the eye. And then saying that Jen is accusing her and then she's trying to fight with Jen, but Jen's like, no, I'm talking to someone else. And it, yeah, the whole thing was like everyone was trying to wrap up their storylines because it was clear that the producers were like, this is the finale. Get your final thoughts out. And everyone was trying to do it. <laughs> like, made no sense. And then all of a sudden, like, 15 minutes into the show, it's like we're getting the ending cards. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this was it. This was the season. And I was like, what a flop. And then it's like I felt like the real season began. Same. We, like – they arrive in New York and, and uh, Meredith and Seth and Heather like sitting around at that lunch, mm -hmm. like that all felt like so real. And when they go to visit Jen, like that felt real. Yeah. And it was just like, this is what the season should have been instead of all of this, like made up whatever was like non storyline storyline. Yeah. And you know what? I think we can chalk it up to this is all Jen's fault. It, I mean, you know? obviously, like, I do think that the producer scrambled at the end yeah. and just was like, we don't know what else to deliver for them. You know, now Jen's not showing up to the reunion. Right. Um, and so we are never going to get like really her story. And then, uh, you know, and they had this like sit down with Heather and Lisa at the end too, that like ending scene. And it, even that felt really real. Like they were reacting to the fact that they tried at least to believe in this person as their friend and hearing her admit to all of the wrongdoing was like, I can't imagine what that would be if I was a friend of somebody that went through something very similar. Yeah. And, but then even that, like, I felt like the credits started rolling, like as like Lisa's crying and Heather's like, I felt like they were like mid conversation and the credits started rolling and I was like, is this about to end? Like yeah. this does not feel wrapped up at all. I know. So it was just like such a weird ending. It felt like a cliffhanger, which is so unusual for a housewife's season to end that way. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess they don't really know what else to do. They probably just didn't have a choice. Yeah. But yeah. And I don't know. I mean, where do you stand on that? I mean, Obvious, I mean, maybe that's a obvious question, but Heather has been such a ride or die for Jen. It's like, I, and I felt like even Meredith has like really stepped up this season to be like, I'm putting aside everything from last season because this is someone who was my friend that is going through something crazy and I'm going to support. But in New York, she's like, if this turns out to not be the case, like I can't support that. But even Heather seems to still have her like ride or die hat on for Jen after all of this has now played out. Like, yeah, I, I don't know where I would stand. I feel like you can be someone's friend when they've done something terrible. But I think when you have a public platform and you have fans um, looking at what you're saying and the, then, then you have to be really careful about how much you, you stick up for someone who's done something terrible. Like what she's done is terrible 
and horrible. And you can, you know, like I've never had a friend do something like that. So I can't imagine what I would do, but if I had to just like, just pretend for a second, I would publicly say what she did was terrible. I do not support it. I think it's awful. And I'm going to be a friend to her to, to help her see how she can avoid this behavior in the future or whatever. But like, I'm really disappointed in her, but I do think people like Jen who, you know, made such a bad choice, life choice, need people to, to kind of stick by them and privately support them. You know, I don't think Heather needs to be going out there saying we all just need to be there for her and be not like, no, you need to be. Also, this woman called her Shrek publicly and, and did horrible things to her. And so it's, it's wild that she's ride or die for her, but. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to see what happens. I mean, the reunion, um, it airs this week. It starts, I guess it's a three-parter, which I don't know how we have three parts of of footage to even digest from this last season. But um, so I'm not like sure that we're going to get much out of it. We'll, we'll see. Um, and then I don't know where we go from here. I think we've got to bring in some new ladies. We've got to really like sort of retool the format yep. and enforce these women. Um, I And I kind of started not as a Lisa Barlow fan. And I've like, I'm ending like totally team Barlow. I want Vita tequila. I want fresh wolf uh, for my non-existent hair. And, you know, (laughs) I, I want, I want all of her products. I'm like full. I want to go to Sundance and I want to dance with her uh, on the dance floor. So I, I I, I'm all about Lisa Barlow. So I think we need to maybe build the show around her next year. I agree. I think she delivered and she, um, owned her, I mean, to come back after that, that like tantrum she threw, come back like that and apologize a thousand times and not be too embarrassed to show face again. Like that's a, that's a real, like solid housewife. That's those are, she has all of the qualities needed. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, I think we've talked about all the housewives that we can for this week. Um, you know, obviously you've got to come back. You've got to sh- come, come and share more of your thoughts and wisdom. I'm still like thinking about how you broke down all the fighting between the Potomac. <laughs> women. It was so profound, um, <laughs> but you've got to come and share more of that in the future. Um, but then obviously when you've ready to share more about this new project that you have been working on, um, I am super excited about it. And I know that your fans are going to just be elated when they hear what you've been working on. Um, so you've got to come talk about that. Yeah. And in the meantime, I know, uh, so you're Cassidy Pope on most of the social platforms and then on Twitter or on uh, Instagram, rather it's Cassidy official. Right? Yes, that's right. That's where you can find me. Awesome. So everyone go follow Cassidy for all the latest. And thank you so much for being here. Um, very excited that you were my first guest. Hopefully this went better than our, uh, our, our first, uh, video, uh, yeah. show, whatever that was. And, um, yeah, thanks all of you for tuning in. This has been a long episode, but we had a lot to cover and, uh, until next week, it's Chris Vetrano and you have been listening to the gist. Bye. <laughs>